Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu. Hello, listeners. This is Main Menu for the 26th of February, 2016. I am your co-host, Jason Castingway. Wow, today we have a packed show. I even fit in something that I wasn't sure I would be able to do, and it worked out fine. So, to begin, we hear from guest Brian Hartgen, who will tell us about J-Say and J-Dictate. Following that, yours truly will be giving you an overview in the third segment of our Macadamia series. This one is about Mac mail and opening attachments. Next, we're taking a segment from the Cooking with the Hazelnuts show. Randy Rusnak, Debbie Hazelton, and myself, along with several guests, will be talking about the Instant Pot. I know Randy and I referred to that in a past episode of Main Menu, and so here is that. Finally... I will be providing an overview of a ride service I thought might be helpful. You've heard of Uber? Okay, let's begin the show. Hi, this is Brian speaking. Hey, it's Randy. How are you keeping? (laughs) Pretty well. How are you doing? Okay, thank you. Yes? And meet Jason. Hello. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And you? Wonderful, yes. We should talk about JSAY and all of its great components, and uh, let's just tell the uh, listening audience what JSAY is all about. That'll be absolutely fantastic, and uh, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Anytime. Back in 2001, I was listening to uh, a program. It was a magazine, actually, called Sound Computing, yep. that some people may remember. Oh, yeah. uh, Dean Martineau was a presenter, and he really got me into the idea of voice recognition recognition technology, so being able to speak to the computer and have speech feedback uh, from the screen reader. He seemed particularly keen on this, so I have him to thank. (laughs) Um, So in 2003, I began working on a product called JSAY, and it's still here. We're now in our 13th year. Wow. And um, that does give you the ability not only to be able to control the computer by voice, but also to be able to dictate text into it. And I'll talk more about JSA in a moment. Then a little later on, uh, Windows uh, Windows Vista arrived and there was Windows um, speech recognition. And I developed a product then called JVist, which uh, was an interface between JAWS and Windows speech recognition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I demonstrated that on this very program on main menu. And that then developed into a product as well for uh, users of Dolphin's Supernova screen reader magnifier. Um, But because of the inaccuracy of Windows um, speech recognition, and that, in my view, is still very much the case. It's, it's not as, as accurate by any means as Dragon, naturally speaking. Um, we actually dropped that product because when people 
call you and they think about the different software components, they're not interested in what JAWS is doing, what Windows Vista speech recognition is doing. What they actually think is, my software doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because it was so inaccurate, we often got the blame for the software being inaccurate in, in transcribing what people were saying. So um, we, we dropped that product and we f focused on Dragon Naturally Speaking. And then last year, to bring you up to date, um, we started producing a product called JDictate. And this is for people who just want to be able to dictate into the computer. They're quite content to be able to do all the text editing with the keyboard, mm -hmm. moving around the Windows operating system and so on, but um, they can't type particularly well. And so... Or spell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so JDictate does exactly what it says. It allows you to dictate um, using Dragon Naturally Speaking. It will echo back the dictation there is access to the correction dialog box of Dragon uh, support when creating your what we call your voice profile, in other words, setting it up. And it also makes a large number of adjustments in the background so that Dragon is much more accessible. The good thing about JDictate is that it works with all versions of Dragon Naturally Speaking, not just the Dragon Naturally Speaking Professional, which JC needs. Yeah, I was not aware of this whole package, Brian, this one that you're describing now. Right. Well, um, we've, as I say, we've had it available since uh, last January. That's 2015. And it is a good seller because obviously it's not too expensive. It doesn't require Dragon Pro. And uh, people are using it uh, in all kinds of situations as a productivity tool. Even if they can type quite well, they like to be able to speak to the computer. As blind people, of course, we're quite used to talking oh, yeah. <laughs> to each other. So it seems only natural that you should be able to want to talk to your computer. And the other thing to conclude the overview of the products is that uh, JSay and JDictate will work pretty much in any application. So if I want to, with JDictate, uh, talk into Chicken Nugget, you know, the Twitter client, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can do that. I could talk into Google Docs, um, a word processor called Jart I picked out as an example. Sure, I know Jart. Okay, so all of those, together with obviously Microsoft uh, products, as you would expect, uh, you can just turn on the microphone with a keystroke and start talking. Obviously, JC is a much more specialist tool. So it is um, a, a product which allows you, as I said, complete hands-free control of the computer, again, in pretty much any application. And Typically, the people that are using JSAY would be uh, either people who have just lost their vision, they have no idea how to use a computer from a non-sighted perspective, people who have additional disabilities which prevent them from using the keyboard and who need something which is very reliable um, in order that they can do the things that we would typically take for granted, through to people who are in employment 
And they've developed RSI, for example, through carrying out the vast number of keystrokes which typically uh, screen reader users require. And as a few examples, recently um, I've been to um, set this um, JSA product up in a school for a teacher who needs to access a database of pupils containing timetables, another person working with Sage Accounting, and a professional Braille transcriber who needs to use the Duxbury Braille Translator. So just by saying that, it should give you a good idea that these products are not just restricted to Microsoft-based products. Right. They are, are very stable, very universally adopted. Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of concerned when I started hearing about uh, text being inputted into Google Docs and things, and your products do work with Google Docs. <laughs> Yes, because Dragon, you see, has mm -hmm. support for Google Docs already. Mm -hmm. um, there are scripts in JAWS 17 that work with Google Docs, so there is no reason why our products would not work uh, with Google Docs or, or any other yeah. application. Great. Let me just perhaps uh, talk a little bit about the marked difference between JDictate and JSay, apart from the ability to control the computer. One of the things that we've done over the years is to build in a lot of features that are specific to blind voice recognition users okay. as opposed to drag, uh, sighted dragon users. Because if you're a sighted dragon user, as a basic example, you could say easily, select the next 10 sentences or the next eight lines. And those sentences or lines would be highlighted. There's no problem about that. And of course, if you're a blind person, you can still do that. But the chances are that you don't know what the next set 10 sentences contain. Mm -hmm. So we have a facility where you can block the text. So you mark the beginning of the text that you want to select you move to the end point and you mark that and the text between the two marked points is selected. Sounds kind of like a sound editor. It's like a sound editor and I, I kind of took the inspiration from WordPerfect 5.1 for DOS, mm -hmm. if oh, anyone okay. remembers that, yes. um, because they used to have block commands. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so... Um, there's that kind of, of, of thought that has gone into how blind people are going to work with this technology. Um, another example I would give would be what we call JSA contacts. So when you're creating a new email, for example, Dragon isn't particularly good at identifying the names or the email addresses of the people that you want to write to. So what you can do with JSAY is you can um, create what is called a JSAY contact where you can associate a voice command with an email address. And this would mean that what you would be able to end up doing is saying things like new message to Randy or new message to Jason. And you could say that from any application and you will be in the to field of your email with the email address already populated. Oh, wow. So things like that you can do. Um, we have a variety of what we call natural language commands. So you can operate any aspect of the screen reader and lots of our facilities that were built in. I think there's a library of about 2,000 commands now. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to use them all, but if we don't put them in, someone will want something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is best to cover all bases. Very robust. Thank you. Last year, we added support for Facebook. We did um, Skype as well, using a large number of natural language commands. So you can do things uh, like um, you can say answer call or uh, hang up call, those sorts of things. You can move through your contacts and do whatever you would normally want to do. Mm -hmm. This year, we've added support for iTunes. So not only have we made it possible to control um, iTunes using your voice, but also with the keyboard, we've made iTunes more accessible. So what we're saying is just because you're using your voice with JC to control the computer, that that, that doesn't mean to say that you won't want access with the keyboard to some things mm-hmm. if you want that. Mm-hmm. So we've uh, made iTunes uh, a good deal more accessible. And we've added a facility called JC Search, which allows you to um, dictate what it is that you'd like to search for. And uh, you can say, for example, search Google or search Wikipedia, eBay, Amazon, YouTube, those sorts of things. And um, you can you can dictate the search term and it will come back with a list of results matching your search criteria. A lot of people find it very difficult to be able to um, start their web browser of choice, be it Internet Explorer or Firefox, locate the edit field, dictate what they want to search for, execute the search, and then find where the results start. Well, I know. I, I used to teach tech, and not that I You're, don't do it anymore, but I, I know the <laughs> problems that some of these students have, and what they do sometimes is tend to just let the results read on and on and on through the buffer. They don't they don't tend to stop it. And, That's right. And it's very well, difficult for some. You'll know how difficult it is then. Oh, yeah. So um, this makes the whole process a lot easier, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot cleaner for people to be able to manage. I went to see somebody recently, and um, really what he wanted to do with the computer, his passion was um, buying goods off eBay. Mm-hmm. And um, he was finding it a real struggle to go to the eBay site and find what he wanted. Particularly, um, his his daughter, who was with him, uh, found it very difficult to be able to help him because, of course, although she could see the screen, you'll know that when Jaws reads a web page, the visual focus doesn't always track what mm-hmm. it's saying. Mm-hmm. And so this this proved a problem. But when we got the, the new version of JSAY on the machine uh, with the JSAY search, then... Um, all became clear for both of them, and and it became much simpler, and she could see exactly what was happening as well. We also um, worked closely with the National Library Service in the US to ensure that the Bard catalogue is accessible via JC Search, so people can search for whatever books they want very quickly from any application. And then they're able to uh, go on and uh, order those books from the library if that's what they want to do. And you can do all that through JSAY. Absolutely right, yes. So it's not bringing up a browser window. It's all contained within JSAY? Some of it is. Um, It really depends um, uh, which which search tool you're using. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, for example, uh, eBay... 
um, you would be going directly to, uh, to the individual website. But the uh, the focus, when it lands on the page, it actually does start. It is placed at the beginning of the search results. Oh wow, that's nice. So it does it does make it simpler to 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 navigate your way around. Mm-hmm. And of course, our, our tutorial that you get when you buy JSA, which is extremely comprehensive, it does talk you through every aspect of using all of these uh, features, whatever they are. Yes. Searches for Bard, is that, is that internal or is that on the website as well? Uh, no, what happens is it um, it goes to the NLS server mm-hmm. and it obviously pulls back the information and it formats it in, in such a way that it's very easy to read. So, for example, uh, let's say you've searched for all books by John Grisham, mm-hmm. for example. It would bring back all the results with each one denoted by a new heading and then it, it will um, it will present you with uh, the synopsis of the book, the running time, the narrator, all the things that are important to people. And each heading is also hyperlinked so that if you action one of those links, then it will take you uh, to the place on the website where the book can be downloaded from, assuming, of course, you're logged in. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, that sounds incredible. Jason, you got your checkbook ready? <laughs> wow, great. Um, so that that's really uh, JSA. Obviously, um, it contains um, so many features. I could talk to you all day about them. What I would encourage people to do is to visit our website uh, in order to find out more. Um, it does come with, um, as I said, a full tutorial. It runs to about 500 pages. But it is broken down into manageable files so that you can just look up the section that you want to work through. Mm-hmm. The other thing I should point out is, of course, we have technical support, uh, not just email technical support, but uh, um, you can actually pick up the phone and speak to somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because obviously, if your dictation mechanism has stopped working, you're not going to be able to um, compose an email to anybody anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need the ability to be able to speak to somebody. And a lot of people need some remote assistance. So we can always, with the person's consent, remote onto the machine. And we do this uh, reasonably often and put right any problems that um, the person may be experiencing. So do you do that through... We do that through JAWS Tandem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, remote onto the machine. Um, the the problem could be um, anything. Usually, um, the, the 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 problem that most people find is that their Dragon Naturally Speaking profile has become corrupt mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, maybe um, they've got an assistant working with them, and they've powered the machine down without bothering to close down the applications. Oh. <laughs> so um, we can help fix that, although we do have a, a utility built right into JSA to restore the last profile that was used. Mm-hmm. Um, if the person hasn't backed up, then that could be that could be a problem. So it may be that we need to help them recreate the voice profile. Mm-hmm. But again, you know that that's assistance that we're very willing to give. Um, it doesn't cost extra for any uh, support. And uh, we're just very happy to give it. 
So what types of computers, Brian, um, are these products able to operate on totally new machines uh, by today's standards? You don't need totally new machines. Um, you, really, four gigabytes of RAM or greater is recommended, and that's a nuanced recommendation mm-hmm. um, for Dragon, naturally speaking, anyway. So um, all, always faster is better, mm-hmm. um, but certainly uh, four gigabytes of RAM. So if you've got a machine with that, then it's, it's likely to work. And of course, if you buy a new machine today, you're almost certainly going to have that. I would certainly hope so. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Windows 7, obviously. Uh, Windows 8.1 and Windows 10 are supported. And Office versions, if you'd like that, up to uh, 2016. Do these products also work on laptops as well? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, they certainly do. Um, so a lot of our customers obviously use laptops mm-hmm. and and they can do that. works perfectly well. We do recommend a noise-cancelling headset right. to go with it because uh, noise-cancelling, for anyone who doesn't know, means that um, theoretically only what is in front of the microphone should be picked up. Okay, so if, if a person comes into the room and starts speaking to the, uh, the person using the computer or the telephone rings, hopefully uh, the microphone will not capture that. But these noise-cancelling headset microphones, they are quite inexpensive these days. And the one that we typically recommend to customers is around about the $40 mark. So we're not talking a great deal. Could a person use like a Bluetooth headset cancelling mic system? They can or? They can do that, but I would say when you're using Bluetooth, um, there are other things to consider mm-hmm. when you're visually impaired. So first of all, what about the, the hardware mm-hmm. itself? Um, are you going to get audible notification of when the battery is low? Mm-hmm. What about the controls in order to turn the headset on and off? Are they going to be tacti- tactile? Mm-hmm. Um, those sorts of things have to be considered, but certainly we have a number of distributors across the world and our Australian distributor particularly is a, a great fan of Bluetooth headsets and he recently gave some great advice on our public email list um, as to a good overview of headsets that JC users could benefit from. Interesting. Mm. So all, you have, all we have to do is just go to the website and look up that information. Absolutely right. Um, and um, we'd always supply it if uh, you had difficulty finding it. Mm-hmm. And where can they go to look up all the information? Simply uh, org. That's O-R-G. Oh, great. Well, what I can do is I can uh, attempt to do a quick demo of, uh, of JC, if you like. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Sure. Check microphone. Microphone sleeping. Okay. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. What time is it? 15.24. Check microphone. Microphone sleeping. Microphone on. One of the interesting things about ACB radio. One of the interesting things about ACB radio. Mainstream. Mainstream. Is that it contains a program called Main Menu. Is that it contains a program called Main Menu. Presented by Randy Rusnak. Presented by Randy Rusnak. Full stop. Full stop. Each week it contains access technology news. 
Each week it contains access technology news. Comma. Comma. Together with interviews. Together with interviews. With key players in the field, full stop. With key players in the field, full stop. New paragraph. New paragraph. Go to top. Top of file. Speak document. This is a test of dictation in the notepad. One of the interesting things about ACP Radio Mainstream is that it contains a program called Main Man presented by Randy Rusnak each week. Microphone off. Okay, so as you can see, that was a, that was a very quick uh, rudimentary demo. Um, it was very uh, impressive as well. It really, really was. <laughs> very, res- very responsive. Um, no delays or, you know, uh, lagging or anything like that. I found it impressive that you had just dictated something and then said top of file and rather than dictating top of file it went to the top of the file is is that simply because top of file was already something uh as a command rather than a than just straight dictation or did you use a different um key that is one of no i didn't that that is one of our commands okay Top of file is a dragon command, okay, or go to top is a dragon command. Mm-hmm. But what we've done is adapted it because if you just, if, if without JC, um, you said go to top, dragon would go there, but you wouldn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. So we've added some oral indication that you are indeed at the top of the file. And what if uh, you wanted to actually say top of file and have it dictate? Could you say like quote top of file and quote, or how would you do that? You could do that, or you could um, you could string it together with um, some other punctuation or sentence uh, or, or other text. So, for okay. example, you could say, "I want to go to the top of the file," or "or top of file period," and it w- it definitely wouldn't do it. There is a oh. way as well of ignoring commands. So, if you really wanted to say "top of file" by itself. Uh, you can um, get it to ignore commands. You can go into a dictation-only mode, which will do it. But by and large, Dragon knows what is text and what is a command by the way that you say things. Mm -hmm. So when you are commanding the computer, it's a bit like talking to a dog. Okay? (laughs) So you 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 would give it the command in a firm authoritative style. Okay, so you would say top of uh, go to top or speak document and you would you you would leave a gap before and a gap after what yes. you've said. And that's how it differentiates between what is text and what is a command. When you're dictating text, you do so in a more relaxed way. Mm-hmm. And that is that is how it differentiates between the two. That's terrific. Sounds cool. And on a personal note, uh, Brian, how's Lisi coming? Because we talked about Lisi last year. Ah, oh, right. Well, Lisi's doing very well. Um, we are um, going to be at the CSUN conference, actually, in San Diego in March. And we'll be delivering a presentation there. So if anyone would like to come along, they're very welcome to do so. One of the things that we did last year was we introduced um, a games module. Right, okay. I saw that, yeah. Yes, so um, a lot of the games contained within the games module are from external sources who kindly gave their permission for us to use them. But we have developed our own range of games, 
Um, and the latest of these is a farm simulation game, which is called My Country Place. And it really is um, a fantastic game because you can uh, walk around your own individual farm. Um, the, the guy that's developed it, um, uh, my wife Louise designed it, um, but the guy who's done the coding is Aaron Baker, who people may be familiar with from vgstorm.com. Uh -huh. And he has this incredible ability to be able to be able to create sound maps. So you can really go ahead and explore things. Um, it's not a simple side scroller. You can actually walk your farm fields. You can visit the individual buildings. You can go into the farmhouse and so on. Uh, you could play this for hours, basically, build up your, your crops and purchase anything that you wanted to. I would strongly encourage you to uh, visit our website and download the podcast. There is a full podcast on this, which really does explain the background. Oh, I missed that uh, one. And, and gives you a full stereo demo of how it all works. I think people would be uh, very pleasantly surprised as, as to how good it is. Mm -hmm. Wow, how great. Well, Brian, I'd like to thank you for coming on. And is there anything else that you'd like to add? We've talked about no. so much. Uh, well, thank you very much again for giving me the opportunity. Um, it's been really good to to put another perspective to the way that voice recognition works for visually impaired people. And um, again, please visit the website at heartgen.org. Uh, give us a call or send us an email if there's anything that we can provide in the way of information about both JDictate and JC. Thank you so much. Macademia. Jason here, in the third of our segments on Macademia. I recently received an email from Larry asking if I would go over how to open attachments in Mac Mail. The methods over the years have changed slightly. I used to just use Quick Look, which is Command Y, when the message was open, so that it would show me a list of the attachments, and when I selected one, right next to it was a display, whether it be a document or an audio file. Um, the audio file would just play, but the document I could read right in the display next to the table. Now, however, you can still do Command-Y, but it works differently, and I haven't quite figured out how to make that work in the best way. So I've resorted to another method. Now we're going to go over to the Mail app. Mail, 38 new items. Mail, inbox, 63 messages. Okay, and I have right here on the, first, on the newest message... Uh, Unread Jason Casting Gui demo for main menu one thirty three PM attach. Okay. Oh, and I interrupted, but it was just about to indicate that it does have attachments. And I'll play that again so that we can hear that. One row selected. Unread Jason Casting Gui demo for main menu one thirty three PM attachment. Hello. Okay. So it said attachment. So I'm going to open this message. Demo for main menu. At this point, since we know it has attachments, we typically want to maybe hear the message first and get an overall idea of what the message is. Text. Hello, Jason. Here are some attachments for you to open. Jason Castanguay less than... Okay, so it's it's a very simple message. I just wrote that, and then there's my signature, and then below that are the attachments. The best way I have found to work with attachments is to interact with the message. I know you can just use up and down arrows, but I 
have not found that to be reliable when dealing with links or attachments. I want to interact with this message. Interact with text. Hello, Jason. New line. Okay, so now I'm using VO up and down to get through the message. New line. New line. New line. Okay, where am I here? Hello. Okay. Hello, Jason. New line. Here are some attachments for you to open. New line. New line. New line. Okay, and then there's my signature. And then we go new past line. that. On Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. That's web URL detected. Part of my signature. And then we go down some more with VO down arrow. New line. Love dashes dash and dash the dash air dot txt image. Okay, so we have one attachment there. Fujimu's notes dot txt image. Okay, and it refers to them as images. I'm not sure why that is, but it seems to do that for all attachments. And that's okay as long as we know what, what that means. So I'm going to VO back up to the love is in the air dot txt. Fujimu's notes dot love dashes dash and dash the dash air dot txt image new line. Okay, and I'm going to attempt to VO space on it. Menu. Okay, now we have a menu. And I'm going to just VO down here. Open attachment. Open with ellipsis submenu. Quick look attachment. Save attachment ellipsis. Save to downloads folder. Share submenu. Copy. Speech submenu. Open attachment. Okay, so we have some options here that are pretty self explanatory. Sometimes I don't necessarily want to open the attachment. I just want to get a look at it. Open quick look attachment. So I'm going to arrow VO down to quick look attachment and hit VO space. Quick look attachment. Quick look window. Text. Star come fly with me. Hello everyone. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here and perform for all of you this evening. Tonight, we're going to talk about romance. Now. Okay, this is a program I had written for a show I did many years ago called Love is in the Air. And... We've gotten a look at it. Let's see if there are any options on the screen. I'm going to VO shift home. Text. Star come fly with me. Hello. Share file button. Okay. That didn't quite work so well. It just started reading the text again. So I VO'd to the left and we have share. Open with text edit button. Okay. Awesome. This is good stuff. Love dashes dash and dash the dash air dot txt. Okay. That's the title. Full screen button. Close button. Text. Star come fly with me. Okay. And then it wraps around back to the text. This was with VO left arrow. So if I wanted to open it, I would simply have used the open in that menu. It reminds me of a contextual menu, but we used VO space to get to it rather than VO shift M. So I'm going to hit escape, get back to the email message. Demo for main menu, inbox. And now I'm going to VO down arrow. Love dashes dash and dash the dash air dot txt image. Okay, it read it again because we are now past it. So I'm going to down arrow once. Fujimu's notes dot txt image. Okay, I'm going to VO space. Menu. Open attachment. Open with ellipsis. Submenu. I'm going to do another quick look here. Quick look attachment. Quick look window. Text. The following are notes taken from Faith Middleton Fujimu's, Louis Lunch, Old Homestead Steakhouse, City Seed, Four Okay, these are some notes I took while listening to the Fujimu's on our local NPR station. And again, all the same options are here. Share file button. Open with text edit button. Fujimu's notes.txt. So you can open it from here as well as using the open option in the uh, menu that comes up when you VO space on the item. There's one other item I'd like to point out. Demo. In the file menu, there is an option to save attachments. Menu are Apple file file menu. S save attachments ellipsis. And I just typed in to get to the menu faster rather than arrowing. But um, if you hit enter on the save attachments, what will happen is it will bring you to a folder selection dialog and then save all the attachments in that folder. I'm pressing return. Save attachments, shared folder. 
Okay, so let's just, I'm going to press Command-Shift-D to choose the desktop, and just press Return to save the files. Text. Food moves notes. And now I'm going to close this message for the moment. Close window. Inbox. I'll bring you to the desktop. Auto voice over you. Finder. Finder. Desktop. Dropbox. And we'll find that. Foochmoosenotes.txt. Plain text document. That is now on my desktop, and so is the other one. Love dashes dash and dash the dash air.txt. Plain text document. Okay. And that pretty much wraps up what I understand about email attachments. Macadamia. If you are new to ACB Radio, or if you did not know, we have a show called Cooking with the Hazelnuts. The co-hosts are Debbie Hazelton and yours truly, Randy Rusnak. Why are we talking about cooking on Main Menu? We are going to give you a little demonstration of a pressure cooker that actually uses Bluetooth technology to pair the pressure cooker with your iOS device. It can monitor pressure, temperature, and much, much more. Cooking with technology. That's my kind of cooking. Here is a small demonstration of the Instant Pot, previously aired on Cooking with the Hazelnuts. If you want to hear the show in its entirety, catch the show on Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, or subscribe to the podcast with your favorite podcatcher. I'm going to let, if you don't care, I'm going to let Dave describe the pot, and then I'll do the demo if that's all right. Okay, well, as she said, it is round. There are 18 buttons on this thing. 18? There are, there are um, six buttons on the left and six buttons on the right. But here again, because it's accessible with the iPhone, um, you really... One button that you need to be concerned with, and that is the adjust button. That is on the right-hand side, second button up from the bottom on the right. And because you use that when you're pairing the Instant Pot with your iPhone. And you just go into the settings of your iPhone, into your Bluetooth settings, and make sure your Bluetooth is on, and you just... Um, let the iPhone search for Instant Pot, and when it comes up, you will um, press Connect on the iPhone, and then you go over to the Instant Pot and press that second button up on the right, and it will connect, and that's where Chris comes in. I'm going to take you from the main screen on the phone messages settings you go into settings this is you have to do this each time you get ready to use it once you've paired it so i'm going to go to bluetooth wi-fi bluetooth on set i'm going to go down choose my device i have never had to do this again once mine was paired not connected it's it's paired but it's not connected no but mine has stayed connected well anyway um i have to connect mine Maybe because I used some other, I don't know if you use other Bluetooth things yes, I with do. it, but mm -hmm. no, mine doesn't stay connected. Hmm. Instant Pot Smart. Connect KT Mini 117. It, it, it now connected. Connected. Back I'm going to go back. Home. Go into Instant smart Pot. Cooker. Double tap to Smart Cooker calls itself. 
and One minute it brings Classic you up in recipes, recipes. One of three. and across the bottom you have three tabs you have recipes dashboard, dashboard my. and Tab. my three of three. and my has things like favorites your favorites, favorites. my recipe and downloaded heading that's where you find all history. of your recipes, Button. your history. My recipe and downloaded. Heading. So dashboard. the most important Tab. thing for me anyway is the dashboard. So you go to the dashboard. Work mode off. And it says work mode off. Pressure level none. Heating level zero percent. Just going down through the screen. Manual button. Rice button. Steam button. Poultry button. Soup button. Red soup button. Keep warm. Button, multigrain, button, yogurt, button, bean slash chili, saute, button, cancel, button, porridge, button, slow cook, button, meat slash stew, button, manual, button, recipes, tab. Okay, so if I want to do manual, I'm going to go tap the manual button, manual, go back. Then it's going to tell me duration, heading, duration, 30 minutes. The default is 30 minutes, and if I tap on that, duration, go back. 30. It's picker a picker item. 29, item. 28, 20, I'm going to just set it to 15. 15. Done. Then I'm going to tap done. Button. Duration. 15 minutes. Low. Button. One These are the pressure settings underneath the time. Selected. You have high. Low, button. low or high. Button. One of two. Low. Button. One of two. It's on high right now. Start. Button. And oh, yeah, you, if you're going to pressure, you have to make sure your valve is set right. It it should be pointing toward the back of the unit. And start. I'm going to start it. Work mode. And Off. you probably heard the cooker beep. And in a minute, it's going to say work mode on. Electric cooker off. Button. Well, it didn't. Settings. It will. It will. You Heading. just haven't waited long Go back. Button. Favorites. I always get stuck with the almost. Oh, it's not working, but it, it just takes longer. Yeah, it takes about twenty to thirty seconds for it. Yeah, to it really does. Sync up. I think I just heard the thermostat. Electric cooker off. Button. Work mode. Remaining time. Five high. Work mode on. Yeah, it says work mode on. So you're stuck in that little window. It should sync up here in a second or two and and it will not show you the time until it starts counting down at least for the pressure cooker now the slow cooker it will yeah now it says electric yeah, cooker work yep so, so now, it's now it's working up. you're good and that's really about all there is to it so as it's going along when it finally does get to the pressure high, then the time will start counting down. You'll still be able to see the temperature, and your temperature drops a little bit uh, while it's actually cooking from the preheating. And then it, um, when you're finished, the, the um, pot will beep, and it will go to the warm setting and start counting up the minutes from in the warm setting. One of the things that the manual recommends you to do, um, just to get used to it, if it's your first pressure cooker, there is a test uh, routine you can do. And what you do is you put... Uh, the, the other nice thing I forgot to mention is the inner pot, the numbers are raised on the cups and stuff so you can figure out what level you're at. And I would, uh, for the test routine... 
It says put the water in till it reaches about the number three mark, and then hit steam, lock it down first, and then uh, hit the steam option and have it uh, go for about two minutes, and let it uh, steam up, and then just release the steam with the, the steam valve, and then you just clean it out. The pot, inner pot is totally dishwasher safe. I've put mine in the dishwasher quite a lot. It takes up a bit of room in there, but it actually fits fine. I mean, you know, some big pans, when you put them in, they don't fit on the little, on the little axe or they're annoying. They take up more than share, but it, um, it does fit very nicely into the dishwasher if I need to put it in there. The other thing, of course, you need to check before you uh, start. It, especially if you're going to use pressure cook mode, you need to make sure the gasket is seated well inside yeah. the lid. There's a little ring that goes around the lid, and the ring fits into the groove of that gasket. And they sell replacement rings um, for the for the lid, so that if your ring kind of, it, it, I think over time might you know get um, stretched or whatever, and so if it does, you can purchase a replacement ring. And I always clean it with warm water. Don't put uh, real hot water on it because that will warp the rubber. Soups, pasta, ribs, vegetarian, I'm in. If interested, get it on Amazon around 179 American dollars. Need to get somewhere fast, footloose, and fancy free? Here's Jason to tell you about a service you may enjoy using. I want to talk to you about a service called Uber. I'm sure many of you have heard of it before, as it has received a lot of press over the years. As I was talking about it with friends, I found there were those who knew about it but didn't have it on their phones, or maybe they had it on their phones but hadn't really played with it or set it up. And as I was excited talking about it, they became excited too, and so I thought it might be a good idea to put this overview together. I'm going to start out by briefly describing my experience and then giving you an overview of the app. For those of you who don't know, it reminds me of a taxi service, although it isn't quite that. I got to use it just a couple of months ago, although I had known it was available in Connecticut for a while now. It isn't available everywhere yet, but I think most major metropolitan areas have it. I downloaded the Uber app to my phone. It is available on iOS and Android. And when I flew to the DC area a couple months ago, I opened the app and I could see that there was an estimated time of arrival based on my current location. And I think along the bottom there were selections as to what kind of car I wanted because they do offer different services. I think it defaults to the most inexpensive, which is UberX. So I left it there. I confirmed my current location as the airport and set my destination to my friend's place. and was very impressed to see that I had access to the name of the driver, the model and make of the car, as well as the license plate number. So that's helpful if you need to describe to someone who's assisting you, you know, if it's in a large area and you're looking for the car. I could see the ETA of the driver and see it update as the driver got closer. And there were options so that I could send messages back and forth, which I did actually, so that I could describe to the driver outside of which door I was standing, and some other details. And you could even call the driver. Another th 
aspect that I find terrific is that the payment is handled within the app. So you're not fiddling with cash or credit cards with an unfamiliar driver. You just get in the car, get to where you need to go, and hop out. It is great that way. Also, what I liked is when you are setting your current location or the destination, you can type or dictate into a field and search results come up above the keyboard so that if you don't type in the complete name, you can most likely find results to complete your selection above the keyboard and you just double tap and it sets that location. Another piece that makes this service interesting is that the drivers and the passengers are rated. I saw a rating after the driver's name and when I completed a trip before I could book another I was asked to provide feedback regarding the driver and the experience I just had. Everything is very accessible there's a lot of information coming in, but it's all there. And some of it I found I could flick to, and some of it I found I just could find quicker by Explore by Touch. I used the service a few times while in DC, and then another time while here at home. And I just cannot say enough good about it. It has worked out very well for me. The drivers have always been very helpful. If I needed a little bit of assistance when I got where I needed to be, they could assist me to a doorway or if there was my friend was waiting out there they could tell me if someone was there it, it's always been very good I think for the drivers it's nice as well because they're not having to fiddle with cash or credit card and everything is handled through their version of the uber app so they can receive the requests and decide whether they can do it or not and I found that requests were always accepted pretty quickly. I don't think I had to wait very long. And then it would show the ETA of the driver. And even if my phone was locked, when it became very close to the arrival, I would get a notification saying, your, your driver is arriving, please be ready. I think it's one step closer to our being spontaneous about traveling. You can say, oh, I forgot I need to do such and such and just book a ride and be able to do it. Uh, the rates are a little cheaper than taxi service, I find. I'm not exactly sure how it's calculated. Uh, I do know that a gratuity is included, so you don't have to worry about any of that either. From what I understand, the rate is calculated partially on the use. So during peak periods of time, it might be a little higher. Or if there's traffic, who knows, uh, inclement weather, um, some other conditions. But if the rate gets too high, it forces you to confirm in some manner before purchasing. And I have not experienced that for myself, so I don't know exactly how it works. I think you physically have to type in yes or some sort of command before it will accept your request. And I guess that's a good thing, so you're not feeling ripped off. You will get confirmation on your phone as well as email receipts when you complete your ride. Furthermore, if you're riding with several people, it allows you to split the fare among all of you. And I would imagine, though, that all of you have to have the Uber app. But from what I hear, it's pretty slick in the way it works. Okay, I've got my phone with me here, and I'd like to give you a quick overview of the app. The one thing I will not be showing you is that when you've opened the app for the first time, you will have to create an account or sign in if you already have an account. 
Mine will already be signed in and ready to go. Uber, recently updated. Okay, I'm going to open it up. Uber. Okay, now we're on the main screen. Account menu, button. That is in the upper left corner, and that menu brings up things such as... Account menu. Account menu, button. Account menu, See, this button. is one of the places where flicking doesn't always work. Jason Castanguay, heading. Okay, there's the top of the menu. Close, button. Business profiles. N-E-W. Simplify business travel. Okay, I haven't seen that before, so... It sounds... I know they're always into some new ventures, so um, in some areas, like when I was in D.C., I was seeing I could order food and have it delivered through Uber. I thought that was pretty interesting, and now it looks like they're into these business profiles. Payment button. That's where I manage payment methods. History button. I can look at my previous trips. Help button. I can get help. Free rides button. Free rides. Uh, well, I think that's where you input uh, promo codes and things. Promotions button. Well, <laughs> I haven't played with this section too much. I don't know. Notifications button. Notifications. I suppose that gives like a maybe a history of notifications. I'm going to check these out, actually. Drive with Uber button. Drive with Uber. I think that's for drivers. Settings button. And settings. About button. About. About button. Okay, that's the end. So I'm curious. Let's go check out what uh, notifications are. Drive with Uber button. Notifications button. Notifications. Close button. No new notifications. Oh, okay. So maybe if I missed some notifications, I could find close them Close button. Can I hit close? close? Selected. UberX button. Okay, now I'm back on the main screen. I don't want to go Account there yet. Menu, I want to check out that Account menu. free rides Promotions button. Thing. Free rides button. Free rides. Close button. Free rides. Send your promo code. Okay, this is where I send the promo code to friends or to others I think could use the service, and then we both get, I think it's $15 credits. So that's pretty decent. Um, and you can create your own code too, so it's easy for you to remember and you can give it out um, easily as well. Close button. I'm going to hit close. close. Account. I'm going to go account back menu. to the account button. menu. Account menu. Promotions and button. Free rides button. Promotions, promotions is where you enter, enter promo the code. code. Cl yes. Text field. Okay. Is editing. Character mode. Enter promo code. Insertion point at start. This is where you mobile Wi-Fi. Close. So, okay. Close. Close. I think Selected. most of that account menu was pretty self-explanatory. It's where you go, other than the main screen, to modify some other aspects of your account. So now we're on the main screen. We learn that top menus in the upper left. Account menu. Pickup location, home button. Okay, pickup location is currently set to home, and that's a good thing. That's that's nice, because <laughs> that's where I am. And before that, pickup location, home. Button. Okay, that's that's near the top. I'm gonna flick just so we can get through all the items quickly. Pickup location, home button. Set pickup location, EDA six minutes button. Okay, so I can set the pickup location. Um, if I don't want it to be home. I can set it as something else, or um, I haven't figured out w what the difference is between clicking on the pickup location home button, pickup location home button, or set pickup location EDA six minutes button. Set pickup location EDA six minutes. I have not figured out what the difference is exactly, and maybe we can do that right now. I'm just going to double tap on pickup location home, pickup location home button. 
Search field is editing. Character mode. Enter pickup location. Insertion point at start. Okay, so this looks like I can set my pickup location. Add work button. Home button. And I have my home there. Home three. Selected UberX button. Pickup location. Home button. Set pickup location. EDA six minutes button. And there is still a set pickup location button. Set pickup location. EDA five minutes button. Center map button. Pickup location. Home button. Okay, so pickup location is still there set as home. I don't know why I'd want to change that. But now we have... Confirm pickup location. Add destination button. We have the add destination button. Pickup location. Home. Confirmation. Just T-Mobile Wi-Fi. Sure. Confirmation. Okay, this is confirmation. Cancel. Confirmation. Pickup location. Home button. Add destination button. You can add the destination. And I'm going to show you. You can just type right in here. Search field is editing. Character mode. Enter destination. Insertion point at start. Okay, I'm going to choose as a destination one of my favorite restaurants. It's a Thai restaurant called Suko Thai. And I'll, I'll just spell part of it, and I imagine the rest of it will come up above the keyboard. S-U-K-H-P-O. There we go. Let's see. Suko Thai, Thailand, button. Suko Thai restaurant, Main Street, Manchester, CT, button. Yes, okay, let's choose that. Suko Center map button. So now we have destination. Sukotei restaurant button. Pickup location. Home button. Okay, those are both set. Destination. Clear destination button. Payment. Personal visa button. Okay, we know that the payment is my personal visa. It's already in there from my payment methods account area. Fair estimate button. You can press to get a fair estimate. Although I'm not sure why you'd need to do that because just below that. Promo code button. Well, we can enter a promo code. Request UberX, paying $1.57, button. Okay, it says request UberX, which is the inexpensive option, and it says between 5 and 7. Now, if I actually press the request estimate, let's see promo how code, that differs. Button. Fair estimate, button. Fair estimate, close, button. Fair estimate, heading, estimated fare, $1.57. Fares may vary due to traffic, weather, and other factors. Estimate does not include discounts or promotions. Routes displayed are examples only and may not reflect the route on which estimates are based. Enter a new destination button. Enter a new destination Okay, button. so it Close didn't button. tell me anything different. Close. So, um, that's map, interesting. Button. Payment. Personal visa. Fair estimate. Button. Promo code. Button. Request UberX. Paying $1.57. Button. Okay, and that's... Uh... Pickup time is approximately seven minutes. Pickup time is approximately seven minutes. Okay, so that's the bottom of this screen. If I were to press the... Request UberX. Paying $1.57. Button. Request UberX paying between five and seven dollars. It would send out a request, and within a short time, um, it's usually very short, maybe between ten and thirty seconds, you get a response saying that a driver is on her or his way. The screen thereafter has a lot of information in it, um, including, as I said earlier, the name of the driver, the model and make of the car, as well as the license plate number. There's an options button, which gives you the options to contact the driver in either text or voice. And then there's the ability to cancel the ride. And I believe you can cancel with no penalty within a certain amount of time. But once you go past that period, you are charged in some manner. One other thing I'd like to point out is uh, when I contacted support asking a question about promotion codes, they were very good in responding, and it was very easy to keep track of all of the correspondence with support within the app itself. So I found that very helpful. 
Earlier, I mentioned that there are different types of cars you can summon, and it seems to differ depending on where you are. But where I am, for example, on the bottom of my screen, there's a tab for UberX, which is automatically selected. And then there's UberXL, which I'm guessing is a larger car. I've never tried any of these. There's also black car and SUV. I think that about covers it. I hope you enjoyed this demo. We hope you enjoyed this week's Main Menu program. Main Menu airs every Friday beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern and repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. Eastern the following day. It is also available as a podcast. To send us feedback, please email mainmenu at acbradio.org. See you next week. <laughs>